Moving swiftly along, and uh, this is a necessary conversation about nutrition, especially when it comes to foods to eat when trying to avoid the flu. I wish I could say that the flu isn't coming for you this winter, but uh, unfortunately it could very well be. Sorry to break it to you, but you can fight it off by eating the right foods and keeping warm. And if you already have the flu, uh, my condolences, uh, but uh, this is why we are having this conversation. You know, there's no denying it. Almost everyone around you has become susceptible to flu and you're trying your very best to avoid being next in line and as much as healthy hygiene habits a shot of the flu vaccination as well as self-medicating habits uh, self-medicating may help to a degree the secret actually lies in what you eat to keep this illness at bay and uh, right now on the line to real to reveal uh, more about the foods that possess that much needed flu prevention power is Abby Courtney private dietitian and nutrition educator at Shaw Academy greetings to you in the early hours of the morning Abby welcome how are you Good morning, Paul. I'm very well, thanks. It's cold and it's dark and yes. it's wet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. We are in the thick of winter, aren't we? Oh, there's no way no, around it's, it. It's, I'm brand new to Cape Town, to be honest. Is, so these oh. wet, dark mornings are... Are a little bit of a struggle for me. <laughs> oh, sorry that you had. To, sorry that you were welcomed uh, with with this uh, wet weather. But uh, we promise the sun will be making its appearance uh, in full force. Let me rather yes. say October, mid October, November. Yes, yes. Yeah. yes. So something but to you look know forward what's to. Super, yes. super grateful for the rain though, because it just means that hopefully going forward the drought is going to slowly dissipate and and yeah we'll be in for good time. <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. But you know, uh, whilst the, so to, just to ensure that we are in for good times, better times, healthier times, we need to focus mm-hmm. on nutrition when it comes to yeah. trying to avoid the flu. So, how important a role does nutrition play in warding off the flu? Mm. Look, you know, so in terms of warding off the flu, I, I always try to help people understand that the healthier your body is, the less likely you are to get the flu from other people. So like you said, getting the flu shot, keeping your hands clean, those are two very important things that you should be doing anyway. But if you are healthy, even if there is flu in the, you know, in the area, the chances you'll get sick are a lot less likely. You know, and, uh, you know, being healthier and eating better can only do you good. You know, there's, there's not one single person out there who can do without healthy eating. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. You know, so I think we can all do with a little bit of education when it comes to, to healthy food and understanding, you know, sort of how a healthy eating pattern can contribute to us being healthy in the short term. So staying away from flus and, and colds and those kinds of things. And then obviously also in the long term. So preventing, you know, chronic diseases like type 2 diabetes and different types of cancers you know so I, I, yeah healthy eating is going to help you throughout all of that and you know speaking of healthy eating can you give us some examples of foods that actually uh, boost your immune system mm-hmm. so there's often three things that i like to focus on when i talk to people about immunity so the very first thing is to remember, okay, now in my body, what are my immune cells made out of? Okay, because if we want our immune cells to be healthy and happy, we need to actually have the building blocks to be able to make sure that they start off in a, you know, in a really good way. And so that building block is protein. So we've got to make sure that we have enough protein in our diet. Luckily, in South Africa, protein is not really a huge issue for most. So most people are consuming more than enough protein, 
even vegetarians are getting enough protein majority of the time. And if you're unsure if you're not getting enough protein, then it's wise to go and pop in at a dietitian and just, you know, do a consult with her so she can help you calculate your protein needs. Now, remember, we get protein from uh, our animal sources, but also from our non-animal sources. So, um, obviously, like meat, chicken, fish, you know, those kinds of things. And then non-animal sources would be like your legumes uh, or tofu and, you know, meat substitutes. So that's number one. So we've got to make sure we're eating enough protein. Number two is that you want to make sure that your body's defenses are as high as possible. And you do that by making sure that you eat enough fruits and vegetables. Because fruits and vegetables contain a very special type of nutrient called antioxidants. I like to explain to people that antioxidants are almost like a fireman. So there's, a, there's an internal fire raging in your body all the time. And sometimes when that fire gets too hot or too high, those antioxidants help to bring it down to a level where your body is much more able to cope and heal itself. And uh, fruits and vegetables yeah, contain these antioxidants. And the biggest thing is to remember that, you know, variety is key. So don't just eat one type of fruit or one type of vegetable all day, every day, or once in a while. You know, you want lots of different colors because all the different colors contain different types of antioxidants, which have different health properties. Um, and you won't get bored then because you'll have lots of, diff- you know, lots of variety. Um, the general rule is to eat five fruits and vegetables a day. So what they found is that that is the minimum. You should try for at least two fruits and three portions of vegetables, where one portion of vegetables is a cup of uh, raw vegetables or half a cup of cooked vegetables. So you should either be eating one and a half to three cups of vegetables a day, depending on if it's you know, cooked or raw, um, at a minimum. And they've actually found that if you can eat up to seven fruits and vegetables a day, that you can reduce your risk for certain types of cancers. And if you can actually eat up to 10 fruits and vegetables a day, which is up to 400 grams of fruits and vegetables, which is quite a lot, but it's something to aspire to, you can actually reduce your all-risk mortality. So what that basically means is you decrease your risk for dying from any type of chronic disease significantly. You know, so so fruits and veggies, there's there's something there, you know, and we really need to focus. Um, You know, and I find during winter people struggle with their fruits and veggies because it's cold and you don't feel like eating a salad and, you know, it's, it's miserable and all you want to do is eat your comfort food. But the truth is there are lots of veggies that are that can be eaten warm and are actually quite delicious warm. Um, you know, since I've been here, soups and stir fries have been my go-to, you know, because it's just, it's warm, it's easy, uh, it's tasty, and it's quite um, adaptable. So I can have it with any type of meal. So people just need to be smart with regards to their veggie intake. And then the third point, um, shame, stop me if I'm going too quickly. No, no, please, oh, no, please, please continue, please continue, yes. Then the third point is that we really need to nourish our guts. So a very interesting fact is that up to 70% of your immune system is located in your GIT or your gastrointestinal tract. So that means that those immune cells that we are building up with having enough protein in our diet actually live inside your gut and so we have to look after our gut and and we do that by making sure we eat enough fiber now people often say to me oh but fiber is only good for letting us go to the toilet and yes 
you know what, that's 100% true. Fiber does help us to go to the toilet. But the fiber actually also helps to feed the bacteria that live in your gut. And when you feed those little bacteria the right types of food, they produce substances, and we call these substances short-chain fatty acids. And these short-chain fatty acids actually nourish the gut, and they nourish those little immune cells, making sure that your immune system does what it is supposed to do. And I think that that's a key element that I want to focus on is, you know, we don't want to boost your immune system because you know what? Your immune system is a very finely calibrated little system. Um, and if you were to boost it per se, I think it's just the wrong word. Um, if we boost it, you know, or if the immune system works in overdrive, that's actually, it, it, people get sick because of that, you know? So there's, it, um, Often there's problems called autoimmune diseases, and that's when a person's uh, immune system is in overdrive and actually starts to attack themselves. So we don't want to boost your immune system. We just want your immune system to be able to locate and identify these horrible flu, you know, sort of viruses and, and bacteria and eliminate uh. them as quickly as possible. So you want to modulate your immune system. Oh, I see. There's a difference. Yes. So it's not about boosting. It's yes. about modulating. Exactly. Oh, okay. I get you. Exactly. Often, you know what, if you hear on the radio and you have all these adverts are out there at the moment for different types of supplements, we want to boost your immune system. It's just a marketing ploy. You don't want to boost your immune system. You want to modulate it. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. see. I see. Okay. So I guess, yeah. I guess boost is, is used uh, very emphatically to try and incentivize us to uh, maybe rush out and buy certain yes. products when they use that exactly. phrase. Ah, okay. Exactly. Because it sounds like, oh my gosh, yes, I want a very strong immune system, but you don't want to very strong immune system because then you'll get sick (laughs) that could backfire absolutely you know and now i want to just touch on you know the pesky symptoms that we naturally experience with flu coughing uh wheezing you know it it, like irritation such as a scratch scratchy throat and flames you know Mm -hmm. uh flame Mm -hmm. for instance Mm -hmm. what foods can actually help alleviate those symptoms okay yeah yeah so before i jump into the foods the one thing i wanted to just also mention as soon as you get a little scratch in your throat, you know, often you can kind of feel like you're getting a bit sick before you get properly sick. Yes. If it is the rhinovirus, and you won't know whether it is or isn't unless you obviously go to your doctor and get a swab done. But a, a nice tip for a lot of the listeners out there is to go out and buy zinc lozenges. So you can just get that at your local, you know, sort of pharmacy. And as soon as you get that that scratch in your throat, you actually go and buy those zinc lozenges and suck on them because what the zinc does is it actually stops the virus that's busy multiplying in your throat. So that scratchiness that you're getting will be decreased and it won't stop you from getting sick, but it will decrease how sick you are, so how, you know, the severity of your illness and you'll also get better quicker. So that's a nice little handy hint that people can just keep those zinc lozenges in their cupboard and, you know, as soon as they start feeling sick or anyone in the family starts feeling sick, then grab a little lozenger. Oh, and, uh, you know, speaking of lozenges and, and medication, actually, I do have a WhatsApp from uh, mm-hmm. Roslyn. She greets us warmly by saying good morning and she asked... Um, if pro if probiotics are necessary to be taken mm. regularly, um, it's, she wanted to find out if if, if that's necessary. Uh, yes, well, that actually links so nicely into the little gut health talk that we were talking about yes. now. You know, with probiotics, it's it's such a new field, you know, and I know people have, you know, probiotics have been around for about ten years now, or have been in the limelight for ten years, but. 
In terms of nutrition, that's still very new. And so there's ongoing research and and we don't know all the answers yet. But um, what we do know is that taking probiotics in enough in enough quantity, so making sure that you take enough probiotics, seem to have a positive effect on a person's health and seem not to have any negative side effects in a person who's healthy. So if you're not a healthy person, if you're immune compromised, it's a different story. Um, you know, so I can't say to a person, you have to take probiotics because I don't know if we have to take them. But I also can't say to a person that you shouldn't take them because it might give you benefits. So my advice is if you can afford them, if it is something that you would like to do, it can potentially have benefits. And then what my recommendation is there is to choose a probiotic you know, over the counter, you can just go to, again, your local pharmacy and get a probiotic there. The more expensive ones are not necessarily the best ones. Um, I usually tend to go for one in the fridge, but that's just my preference. It doesn't mean that they're better or worse than the ones on the shelf. But usually what I try and ask people to get is that the probiotic should contain at least, at a very minimum, 100 million CFUs. So if you look at the little label, it will say 100 million CFU or it'll say 1 billion or 2 billion or whatever. So as long as it's higher than 100 million, because anything below that level has been found not to have an effect on the human body. And usually the two probiotics that are quite abundant in a healthy person's you know, sort of gut system is called lactobacillus and bifidobacterium. So if you can just remember lacto and bifido. So those are the kind of two that you're looking for on the label. Um, you know, but as research kind of, you know, continues and becomes better and we understand more, we might even be able to identify which specific strain can help a person, you know, um, not get sick or, or whatever the case is. But yeah, it's an ongoing field of research. So Sorry, it's not a very simple answer, but um, for the listener, you know, she's welcome to go out and get a probiotic. It may potentially help, but my, again, my strongest advice there is even if you are taking a probiotic, you need to have that fiber so that the, the probiotics that you're putting back into your gut, because remember, probiotics are essentially bacteria. We want to feed them the right food so that they can proliferate and grow and, and obviously make you a bit healthier. And thank you for answering that. And thank you for, for posing that question, Roslyn. Thanks so much. And, and do enjoy, uh, the rest of, uh, the show. And of course, uh, of course, uh, the weekend breakfast show coming up next. And uh, we're just about to round off, uh, the conversation, Abby. Uh, just, just to also, uh, clarify as well. Uh, we have, we have covered, we just covered probiotics and, uh, the types of, of foods to, uh, modulate your immune system, as you correctly put it. But, uh, what, uh, foods should we completely avoid which ones should we stay away from altogether and mm. is does dairy fall into that mm. okay so what i always say to people is we've got to remember that you know junk food and takeaways and those kinds of things are very low in nutrients so if you're consuming a lot of that kind of comfort food you are not not eating your fruits and vegetables and high quality proteins and fiber rich foods so you're actually going to be doing yourself more harm than good so that's my number one staying away from is too much junk food Um, you basically get nutrient dilution so you're not having everything that you need 
And then when it comes to dairy, a lot of people are under the perception that when you drink milk uh, or when you eat dairy products, that it increases phlegm and it increases the amount of mucus your body produces. Now, that is in actually recent years been debunked and they've actually found that it doesn't increase the amount of phlegm you make. It only coats the, the existing phlegm. So there's phlegm in your throat and what the milk protein does is it actually coats that phlegm. So it doesn't make it more, it just makes it feel thicker 